Hello, and welcome to Eclectic Spacewalk Conversations. I'm your host, Nicholas McKay. Today, we are joined by Malcolm Ocean. Malcolm is a systems designer, a self-described feral free agent, singer-songwriter, and trust dancer. He also runs a software company called Compliss, which is the to-do list that never goes stale. Welcome to Conversations, Malcolm. Hey, it's uh, cool to be here. We're up in space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so before we kind of get into the weeds, I guess I want to kind of a, a initial grounding point or starting point. So where were you born, Malcolm? Yeah, so uh, I was born in Kitchener-Waterloo in Ontario, um, and then uh, but moved out to Nova Scotia when I was very young. So grew up in a small town on the East Coast. And when I say small town, most people don't realize how small. Like I grew up in a town of 1,400 people. Basically, when I was walking around, like everybody kind of knew who I was. And uh, yeah, but it's funny. I actually ended up back out in Waterloo for my entire 20s because uh, I went to school there. Ah, okay. Nice. And then so what were kind of your earliest influences, uh, kind of specifically in the realm of curiosity? Um, was it books, uh, TV film, or was it a cool kind of family member, etc.? Like kind of who pushed you yeah, into curiosity? Be before, before you even said family member, uh, my grandfather came to mind. Um, okay. He's like, so I, I'm, he was definitely an inspiration for me. And uh, he was a kind of tinkerer, um, uh, inventor, creator of stuff. Um, and okay. like, it's like from him, I think I learned curiosity about uh, sort of the world of things. Uh, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, how, how does this work? Let's take it apart, put it back together. Let's build an electromagnet, like, you know, stuff like oh, that. Cool. And, um, you know, let's go to the junkyard and just like, look at all of the stuff um, and uh, stuff like that. And then I would say I learned curiosity about people from my mom and uh, and her brother, my uncle, um, who were both very sensitive people who were oriented towards, you know, like wondering what's like, what's going on for people? What's going on inside them? How do you, how do you, mm -hmm. you know, relate to them and interface with them? And uh, so I think the two of those combined to give me a deep curiosity about the nature of interfaces, both between, uh, you know, uh, non-living systems and, and uh, also between living systems. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I had a similar kind of thing with my grandfather. He was a, you know, former army stuff. But then uh, when I, when he had this like workshop in this, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, out, out in the middle of like Georgia, and he would always be tinkering and stuff. And that was always like what I remember of like working on things. Um, but so let, let's, uh, I guess you mentioned a little bit, you went to Waterloo. So what's kind of a quick run through of your kind of school and work up experience up until now? I mean, you went to school and then what have you kind of been doing around? Like, how did you get to this point where you're a feral free agent and, you know, do, working <laughs> yeah. on all this kind of cool stuff? Yeah, so that that was that was quite intentional. I mean, I've been a quite an intentional dude for a long time. Um, and in yeah, so in in university, I studied something called systems design engineering, which uh, very cool. Which unfortunately, at least when I studied, it was was way too much engineering and not enough systems or design. Like they really could use could have used a lot more stuff on design thinking, a lot more stuff on systems thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they need to di differentiate a little bit more from mechatronics engineering, which is like kind of a newer program that is more properly just a mashup of the other engineering's um, systems design can then be not just interdisciplinary like mechatronics, but could could then evolve into a transdisciplinary program. So I would love to see that happen at uh, at U Waterloo, but I, I mean I'm not particularly you know trying trying to make that happen. Sure. Um, for a while I was kind of trying to nudge some people, but anyway. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I studied that, and and it really was it was cool. Like the other engineering programs had a design project at the end of their degree, but systems design had a design project every single term. 
Um, oh, okay. And so, so that was different. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we were just constantly building stuff, trying stuff out, reflecting on our design process. I guess that was, I, I don't give them credit for how much design there was, but I think it was sort of, we were, we were not going deep enough into the nature of design, like philosophically or like ontologically mm. or something. Okay. Anyway, um, so maybe more the systems thinking though was the stuff that was really missing because I did I did later get into systems thinking and cybernetics like Danella Meadows stuff. I was just about to like, ask you, Danella Meadows, yeah, how yeah. where do you rank her in everything of this? Like, because she's she's been a, a huge influence on 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 me and 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 this kind of whole thing. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, her book Thinking in Systems is like feels to me like just a really core kind of centerpiece of understanding yeah. systems thinking sure. and like so i read the fifth discipline which is peter senge's book about um applying systems thinking and four other disciplines to oh, cool. uh, or organizations you know he, mm -hmm. he, he sort of he talks about the concept of the learning organization and and says that has you know all these these things and um and, and what I noticed was that he and Danella Meadows both talk about system dynamics, like these particular kinds of feedback loops, like you get these sorts of runaway dynamics and you get these sorts of self-reinforcing or like um, balancing dynamics and so forth. Um, but Danella Meadows ones were like way more grounded in uh, like the mathematics of it and way more precise, like not not confusing to like certain kinds of things. So I, I liked her precision on that, but Senge's stuff is sort of, I think more, it's, it's more like, it hits different emotionally. It's like Danella Meadows stuff is like mostly you're going to feel the relevance to modeling physical systems. Um, mm -hmm. Senge stuff fits more emotionally. And then I'd really recommend people check out perceptual control theory um, for understanding uh, how systems thinking applies to the mind um, and how cyber, like, you know feedback loops are fundamental to everything that we do. Um, totally. And uh, yeah, I've got an interview with, I think it's with Johnny Miller that I talk about PCT. So if you want oh, okay. To, uh, breath, to breath guy, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 of course. He's in Bali, right? Or no, just moved to Boulder, he, Colorado. He was, but he just, he yeah. just moved back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so then, so systems thinking, et cetera. I, and then I guess we'll move on to like how we kind of uh, interacted as I, you know, I found you on Twitter many years ago, but before the pandemic. And as soon as I kind of started this, eclectic spacewalk kind of uh, project, if you will. But um, you intersect with a lot of kind of communities or that are, you know, either are or adjacent to like Game B, Liminal Web, you know, Friendly Ambitious Nerds, shout out to Visa. Um, so like, you know, what what is kind of collective consciousness and why does it matter? Um, you have a great blog post that kind of, you know, susses this out, but, you know, maybe you can kind of give us a, a little bit of a, uh, an introduction to that. And then maybe what are some of these, you know, thinking about community, because you also kind of live in a, in a place, right. Or, uh, actually right now I kind of don't. Okay. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that, that, that's sort of wrapped up in the spring for various I see, I see. Um, and so, yeah, so I've been traveling this summer and then I'm currently looking to, um, uh, uh get a, a work visa to do some of this collective consciousness work in San Francisco, which is, um, oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, I don't want to go into exactly what my plans are there, but yeah, I can yeah. talk at a high level about some, some Let's of do the, that. the projects I'm excited about running. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so to sort of just like um, piece, the, piece the story together a little bit. So while I was in university, um, uh, two things happened. One is I decided that I wanted to not have to get a job when I graduated. And so I built Compolis uh, basically be a kind of passive income project for that. Yep. Yep. Um, and, um, and that, you know that worked and so hence being hence i'm sort of a fail free agent at this point um like i work on compost but it's not you know it's sort of on the side not at the center of what i'm doing yeah um and uh and that was really good because 
like part of my thinking with that was not like I want to be able to rest. Um, I, mm -hmm. I actually only learned what rest was like last year. Um, <laughs> Late <but>, bloomer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it was like I wanted to be able to work on whatever mattered to me without having to sort of convince anybody else that it mattered. And mm -hmm. so that was really, that was really powerful because the thing I wanted to work on was this turns out this very obs sort of obscure and especially at the time, like in 2015, 2016, um, hard to point at project around um, uh, human culture and the evolution mm -hmm. of culture and mm -hmm. so forth, which, which is part of this whole um, collective consciousness thing. And so, um, so that was something that um, I got connected with in Waterloo. There's a group of people there who are looking at similar questions. And the way I would point at the question, like I have a few ways of pointing at it, but one is, one is something like, how do we make decisions together? And mm -hmm. how do we negotiate how to make decisions together if we can't agree how to make decisions together? <laughs> like what is even the basis from which we start with that? Sure. And, and, you know, when I point at this, like, I don't, I don't exactly think that like trying to sort of think about this question is going to like, uh, is going to like get you in the right direction. But if you really see the paradox in the question, like, mm. if you really see the sense in which like, wait, what is the starting point? Right. right. And, you know, legally there's a starting point for this, which is just the precedent of how we've been doing it so far. Sure. Um, and in some sense we do have that in general, like we have the, we have the context of, uh, of culture that we're in, but, mm -hmm. um, but people have different cultures. And so when we have some culture clash, how do we resolve that? And how do we resolve it? Given that the way that we might want to resolve it might be different depending on the cultures. It's 100%. like, yep. it, you know, there's a, there's a bootstrapping puzzle there. And so what I've been looking at, um, a, you know, with some of the folks in Waterloo and then with other, with other people over the, the last few years has been the question of sort of what are the, what are the kinds of assumptions or ways of seeing the world or stances that we can take toward each other that will um, uh, that will enable us to navigate even where we have differences in how we think we, mm -hmm. things need to be navigated? It's like um, because it's so, so trivially speaking, you know, if if I if I have a belief that things definitely have to be resolved in this particular way. And you have a belief that things definitely have to be resolved in some other particular way. Like we're just gonna be at a standstill. Like sure. if, if both of us are sort of 100% committed to our own ways, it's sort of not gonna work. But at the same time, you know, there are there is something really important about what each of us is holding. Like if I just try to go through a reconciliation process that's the one you want, like I'm probably gonna feel not quite at home in it. I'm gonna be like, ah, but this isn't really, uh, there's some important, something missing here. And right. so it's like, you know, kind of how can we find the thing together that will sort of feel feel right for both of us? And so um, that's kind of the thing I'm thinking about on all, on all different scales, um, literally from like internal to one person, um, where I sometimes call it full fractal buy-in. Um, oh, wow. it's sort of a weird okay. term. Uh, no, no. But, I mean Spitting, spitting, uh, spitting fire there. <laughs> Say <Yeah>. it again. <laughs> like, what was that? Full, full, full fractal buy-in. Full fractal buy-in. Okay. Yeah. I can lay it out for you if you want. I mean, go ahead quickly if you oh, want. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so the, the, the basic gist is like, um, and this, uh, this again, sort of applies on, on scales outside of a single person, um, okay. as well, but it's most, it's most powerful. In, this frame is, I think most powerful internally. So it's basically, um, suppose that 
all of your different parts and i i don't i don't mean that in any reified sense just all the different aspects of your being you know the part okay. of you that uh sometimes wants to go pee the part of you that uh cares about looking nice the part of you that is trying to get stuff done today the part of you that you know is want, worried about the future like all just all yep. the different everything you care about all of your thoughts all of your uh urges all of your values all of those things on all levels suppose that those parts all had like a way of dialoguing with each other that mm. they all trusted would lead to things going, would lead to their care about kind of getting incorporated into the behavior of the whole organism sort of in a way that they could trust was sort of appropriate or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, and so, yeah. No, I mean, that sounds super interesting in that like, uh, what is, we, we contain multitudes, but it's like, it's more like fractal yeah, yeah. kind of things and rather than, right, right. I, I th that's interesting. So it's getting them all, not just, I guess, on the same page, but working towards something, I wouldn't say a destination, but a common goal of, of et cetera. Like, yeah. And, and, and basically the common goal is we all want to be able to resolve our, our differences, mm -hmm. um, well. Like, right, right, you know, right, right. We, you know, the part that wants to go pee and the part that wants to continue working, right? Like that's like a, a type of internal conflict you can have, right? There's part of you that just wants to keep sure. working. And like <laughs> bladder is like increasingly like, hello, hello, Hi. help, <laughs> uh, you know, and, um, you know, and if you ignore that enough, you can end up, you know, with uh, like bladder problems. Like this sure. is actually a thing that, thing that happens to people. Like they don't, you know, um, I, I know someone that this happened to who was a, sort of a workaholic to the degree that he messed up his bladder. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so like, that's an, you know, that's an example of some signal getting like ignored. Now, most people are not remotely in that territory with respect to their bladder. It's like, mm -hmm. you have to be pretty intensely focused on your work or whatever. But, um, but, you know, I would say most people are probably in that kind of like really over, overstrained territory with respect to other kinds of internal conflicts that, mm -hmm. that they have. Um, and so, um, and so it's like, how do you, you know, one way to put it is how do you open a space of dialogue between these different carabouts? Um, because there's something it feels like, I'm curious actually if this description resonates with you. There's a thing it feels like to be like, oh man, like I kind of want to go to the party, but I've also got this thing that I need to do and I got to do it before the thing tomorrow afternoon. Mm -hmm. But, oh man, but I want to go to the thing. And so it's like, you're sitting in this, like this, oh man, I don't know what to do kind of thing. I have these two things I want and I don't know how to satisfy both of them. And there, you, like one way you can kind of respond is like, oh, no, I really shouldn't go to the party. And you sort of push the party urge away. And you're like, I got to do the thing. But like, while you're doing the thing, you're still kind of antsy. Like you're like, I want to be at the party though. Like yeah. it's like a, um, or conversely, you go to the party and you're, you're still like, really should be back home doing the thing right so it's like you can you can sort of force yourself to act while you haven't actually found clarity um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ab about about things you haven't found resolution you're not you're not yeah you're unresolved right right and, um but then there's another thing that can happen where you go oh you know what that thing that's due tomorrow afternoon i you know i don't actually need to do it by then because reason xyz that you realize or I can actually do it tomorrow morning and not do the thing I was going to do tomorrow morning, which is way less interesting than this party. Um, or like something, some new possibility arises in you, or it could just be some realization. You're like, you know, ah, oh, wait a minute. No, that 
this party's at at that place again. They're gonna have the stupid DJ with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Like, right. You sort of realize actually this party isn't as exciting as it sort of initially felt like to me. Oh, oh, and you might realize. Oh, the main reason I wanted to go is that um, Jim's gonna be there, but I can just message Jim. Like, Jim would totally be down to just hang out with me. Like, right. Like, I realized I was in a group chat where I was constantly arguing with this other guy who was being wrong on the internet into the group chat and i realized that the main reason why i was arguing with this other guy was that i wanted to connect with a third person who was in the group chat who i sort of hadn't had a direct line of communication with and he, you know he felt he was he's like a little bit i don't know nice to be famous but like you know he has his own you know right. very successful podcast and stuff and so i felt like a little bit like nervous about reaching out to him but then i was like I, I've talked to this guy before. Like, I can just send him a message and be like, "I would like to talk," right? And like, I don't need to be like exhausting myself into this group chat in order to connect with this guy. If like that's right. my only reason for staying, and so I like left the group chat and just like messaged the guy. <laughs> I think I maybe even told him that like part of why I'd been hanging out in the group chat and saying so much stuff was that I sort of wanted to reconnect with him. And you know, oh, that's anyway. Funny. So point is, there's a thing it feels like. Is this resonate for you? There's a thing it yeah. feels like when it, cl it clicks into place and it resolves, and then you're not in conflict anymore. Like you can go to the party and you're, you're present at the party, not feeling oh, I should be working, or you can you know be working on the thing and not feeling oh, I should be at the party. Yeah, I mean, what, what, the first thing that came to mind was, and I guess uh, a saying that I've heard before is like, life is just full of concessions, like, or life is only concessions. So you're just constantly, that's kind of that mindset, if you will. But then I don't know if it's cliche to always be thinking of like, well, what's that third way, you know what I mean? Like between the two paradoxes, and then it's like, well, you can take a little bit of each one, like you said, like you can, or you reinitialize like the, uh, the weighting of each one of the, the options, and then all of a sudden you find that like you said that oh you didn't really want to go to that party you just there you had another reasoning so that's 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 interesting that you you go that deep into the fractal nature um but uh, like one yeah. thing i wanted to ask you is um when what what have you learned kind of from traveling recently because like and maybe this it goes it keeps going with this line of thinking is that like you know being based somewhere the pandemic happens i've got, kind of talked to a lot of people about this um and then in the last few months you kind of you know, did some travel. So I don't want to ask like what the best food is or like who you found most interesting, but like, did, did, did you learn something more about yourself by actually moving it like from point A to point B, like getting yourself yeah, in motion? Yeah. So, so it's actually, it's, it's very related to the thing we were just talking about, um, which is, which is great. Cause there's some so, sort of more stuff I want to say about it. Um, so one thing, just wrapping up the previous yeah. thing is like, I, I, when you talk about concessions, it's like, I think a lot of people find themselves resentfully making concessions and that seems oh, 100%. real yeah, yeah. bad. That yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if that's what concession means, don't <laughs> fucking do it. Like, you know, True. do your best to not ever do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, right. People all, you know, there's also this quote, although I think the quote is actually maybe satire. It's important to track this stuff, but sometimes people mm -hmm. quote satirical quotes as if they're real. And the quote is, uh, a good compromise is when everyone leaves like slightly unsatisfied. Okay, um, okay, yeah. Now. Like you wouldn't want to compromise your bank account. You wouldn't want to compromise your, uh, you know, your password to your email. Like, why would you want to compromise a decision? Right, 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 right. Is something I kind of point. There's like a, it's kind of a playful thing, but it's like a decision that is compromised is one that is unresolved. Like yeah, people yeah, are yeah. still kind of wanting it to be the other way. <laughs> um, whereas if you find a win-win, it's like people are going to be working in service of making the thing that you decided on work because they see how it works for them. They feel yeah. satisfied with how it works for them. That's like a non-zero sum yeah. game, right? Like yeah. where you, you know, you get both of both best worlds or whatever.
Yeah, exactly. And th the thing is, it's like on the level that you're considering, um, it's, it's easy to think that there's, um, it's easy to think that you can't satisfy both, uh, both preferences. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but sometimes not always, sometimes there is actually a way to satisfy them, even though they don't both look satisfiable. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say that this is in some sense, very often true. And importantly, it sort of has to be true internally to you. Okay. And this is what makes individual being an individual different from, um, trust dancing between people is like, um, or, or, or negotiating or whatever between people. It's like, if you and I, so suppose that you and I were traveling together and, uh, you know, going back to the travel thing mm -hmm. and we wanted to, we, and, and, you know, I really wanted on this particular day to go surfing and you really wanted to like nap in the hotel room or whatever. Sure. We could just both do that. Yeah. I can no go conflicts. surfing, you nap in the hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. there's not a conflict there. I mean, yeah. like, maybe I want to go surfing with you. Like, I'm like, that, that would be fun. <laughs> and, you know, maybe you, like, you know, you wish I was, like, around to, like, you know, receive the takeout while you lazed in bed doing nothing or whatever. Like, I don't know. But, yeah. like, you know, for the most part, we can basically just, like, do our own thing. Sure. But, like, one part of me and another part of me can't go each do their own thing. Right. For the most part. Like, they share, a, we share a body. Like, I cannot be napping and surfing at the same time for sure. <laughs> um, so there's a, a sense in which as an individual, you somehow need to figure out what you as a whole want. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, I think a confusion comes in when you think that it's sort of your job to answer the question. In my experience, it's more like it's your job to facilitate the question answering itself. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So it's that, like in, in, mm -hmm. in the, in the case of this party uh, versus do work example that I gave in, in this hypothetical, there's no way that I can, there's it's obviously in the case of this hypothetical, there's no way I can say what the right answer is. Like it depends on the person's values and, and it depends on the precise nature of the situation, like whether they can reschedule something tomorrow, whether there's going to be a dumb DJ there, whatever, sure. but, but it's actually, it's not just that I can't say what the right answer is about this hypothetical. It's actually that if I'm in the situation, I don't know what the right answer is. That's the very situation that mm -hmm. I'm in. So it's sort of like, I need to find out. I can't, I can't just say, oh, well, it should be this. So I got to find a way to make this. Nope. I, I actually don't know. That's why I'm stuck. Right, 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 right. And so, I mean, I, can you go a little bit further? I mean, you mentioned that just a touch of this non-naive trust dance framework, because I think this kind of goes segues into this of like, well, when, when you are in say negotiations or conflicts or things like this, like how do you create this trust and how do you kind of dance with systems as uh, Donella Meadows yeah, used Donella to say? Meadows play. Yeah, that's a great, great tie in with the dancing. Yeah. Um, I should, I should go reread that essay, um, the dancing with systems or, uh, uh, I think, I think that's one, the name of one of her essays. Yeah. And then the first step is something like get the beat of the system. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that this is the same thing, but it feels vaguely related to like part of the sort of, the, you know, the first aspect of doing trust dancing is actually taking stock of what trust there is and isn't. Um, and, and just like allowing people to have or allowing the parts, if you're doing internal trust dancing, um, to have whatever trust they have or not of each other. And so... Like, you know, th there's a sense in which, like, if somebody was dealing with this conflict about whether to go to the party or whether, you know, or whatever else, it's like, I might guide them through having the part of them that wants to go to the party say to the, you know, the part that wants to do the work, like, I don't trust that you're caring about, uh, you know, uh, 
like having fun or something in the work right art might say like i don't trust that you're caring about um uh uh you know the abundance that allows us to like go have fun you know have mm -hmm. our lifestyle or whatever like in terms of doing this work um and and then kind of the, the next key step is uh respecting like for, well, first acknowledging but then also just like respecting and honoring and sort of validating that distrust it's like oh like if you can't trust this about me then like you can't trust it like i'm not going to ask you to trust it about me and and part of where people get bound up in in their conflicts is they they have a kind of sense of like trying to get the other person to sort of to trust them um i, I feel like i'm jumping kind of a few steps here a little bit but um let's see uh well, how do you, I guess, so, how do you, how do you make it like, I guess, like non-naive, like what's at the per first part right, of this? Right, right. How, yeah. how do you, how exactly do you do that without like, like you just said, look, if I don't trust you, well, then I, maybe there's a slight inclination to then also um, not want to work because uh, at something that, that both of us are coming at, or so, I'm trying to kind of right. yeah, connect yeah, this, the two. This is totally. So, um, so often what, what, what gets people stuck is they, they feel like if, if I trust myself about something, then you should trust me about mm. it as well. Like, mm -hmm. I know I care about this, but you might think that I don't, right? Like, you know, yep. um, suppose that instead of two people, or sorry, suppose that instead of one person with this conflict about whether to go to the party or uh, or do the work, it's actually two people, right? Mm -hmm. Who both have, a, both have this shared project and both also have this party they could go to. And one of them is leaning towards go to the party and the other is not. And suppose that for whatever reason, they either have to go together or, or not. Like, so they, they have to make this decision together yep. um, or, or, or suffer some other great consequence, um, which they could choose to suffer, right? Like they could, you could always choose to suffer the consequences of anything. Right, uh, right. right. <laughs> uh, any option that's available to you, you can always choose to suffer those consequences. And that's actually important. Um, it's, it's like, it's, that's part of the sort of existentialist freedom, I think actually is like, you know, you could choose instead of whatever ordeal you're currently going through, um, you could choose to die. Sure. I mean, that's really extreme. Yeah. But yeah. like that is always an option. Like that's, and that's like pretty weird. And I don't think in general, it's good for people to be thinking of that as their BATNA. Like from, for me, my BATNA has usually felt more like, uh, run away from my entire life and reinvent myself. Right, right. And, hey, it's, and that's I have a not similar like, feeling with you, bro. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's also like you know, I've only been at all close to that maybe like twice. You know, when things yeah, just yeah. felt really overwhelming, I was like, I'm sure. just gonna go to Alaska, or I, I'm just I'm gonna go or gonna go up to Nunavut, or you know, like fuck it. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, but like realistically, that's that's not actually gonna be my best option, right? Right. But it it helps kind of get you out of the idea of oh no, I have to what like do you? You could just, you could also suffer the consequences of not. Those might be really bad consequences though. Um, anyway, leaving that aside for a little bit, um, uh, the, oh, and there's also an interesting kind of footnote or something here about like, what are, what does it mean to suffer the consequences of a disagreement internally rather than finding resolution? Like for two people, mm. they can just choose to choose to part. And sometimes that's, that's a fine consequence. You know, that's easy. It's, or right. it's you know, sometimes it's difficult, but it's, you know, it's, uh, life goes on after, uh, after divorce or after a company ends or after, you know, um, whatever else anyway. So, um, so we've got these two people who, uh, either are going to go to the party together, do some work together or suffer the consequences of fragmenting their two-ness, 
Um, yep. Those yep. are sort of their, their options. Um, and we're going to assume that the consequences are somehow sufficiently bad or sufficiently unworkable. Maybe they literally can't even get to the party uh, as one person or blah, blah, blah. So I can't do the work. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. So either they're going to like go to the thing or they're going to do the thing. Um, and so um, they, so the one, and the one person's leaning towards go, the other person's leaning towards work. And they're like one thing that will make the dialogue a lot better is if both people know, which maybe they already do, but maybe they don't. And sometimes you need to say things that feel like they should go without saying. So the, the person who wants to go to the party might find themselves feeling like, I feel like, like Jane doesn't think that I care about the project. Like, what the fuck? Obviously, I care about the project. Mm -hmm. And the thing that it, it's surprising the extent to which in that moment, one of the most useful trust dance moves you can make is just to say, by the way, I really care a lot about this project. Right. That it, it, it's like it's very simple, but could have the most impact. Yeah. It's like, okay. because the other person can get themselves into a moment. It's like, it's like Bill mm -hmm. just wants to party. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care about the project at all. Like whatever, right? And it can be the it can be the converse. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. you know, Bill Bill's like Jane. I don't trust that you like ever want to have a good time, right? And Jane is like, no, I totally want to have a good time. I'm just you know, I'm worried about this. What like right? But but there's a way in which like if if you respond to it, like there's a way of responding defensively that's sort of like I want to have a good time, but it's sort of like. Mm. Um, and then there's another way of responding. It's like, no, like I, I really do want to have a good time. Like I care about that as well. And I also, I, I, I don't know how to resolve my desire for both of these things or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, just can, can sort of be in the unknown together is kind of mm. the basis for being able to resolve this stuff. Um, as, as internally, it's like, you, you got to be with the unknown of like, what do I actually want? I don't know if I knew I'd be doing it. Like, yeah. if, you, if you really get that, and this is implied by a lot of the perceptual control theory stuff as well, which has a lot to say on internal conflict um, and so forth. It's like, if you really get that, if you knew what you wanted to do, you'd be doing it. Right. But you know, I mean, like, I, like, no, no, I don't ahead. need to motivate myself. I don't need to like set a, a set a task, you know, motivation list to pick up this glass of water and take a sip. Like, I just, I want to take a sip of the glass of water. I do it. Right. 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 Um, and, and that's, that's even true of things that are much more complex and convoluted. Like, you know, I want to do some, you know, some writing or whatever I do it, but sometimes I don't do writing. And it's like, why? And it's like, well, it's like, I'm not clear what I want to write about, or I'm not clear why I want to write about it. Or I'm worried that if I write it today, I'm not going to do this other thing. So I've got some, I've got some conflict about it, but like, if I just want to do the thing, then I will literally be doing it. Like there is no, there is no just wanting without doing. Well, I, and, and not to butt in, but like, this is actually something that I wanted to bring up later, but this is a great point to bring up it now is on your blog, you kind of uh, had this quote that was glorious and, and a retooling and a rethinking of, of just these kind of things, especially internal conflicts, but I'm assuming it can be used for, you know, two, three teams, whatever, but quote, I am coming to the conclusion that everything I was trying to get myself to do is better approached by exploring how to allow myself to do it. So how mm -hmm. do I get myself to do the thing? changes to how do I allow myself to do the thing? And I think that's a really interesting kind of change of perception and, and, and tone with yourself or with others. And I think kind of goes with, with this kind of stuff, especially uh, if you're oh, conflicted, yeah, this, you know what I mean? This is cool. This is really cool. I hadn't thought about that quote with respect to interpersonal stuff, but it's totally relevant. So it's like, yeah. if you're trying to motivate yourself to do the thing, as I say in that post, you, you already have motivation to do it. Otherwise you wouldn't be trying. Yeah. But there's the some blockage. Question, the actual or... question is what is in the way. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. So it's like, 
let me just see what that looks like interpersonally because I've never thought about it. So we've got Bill and Jane or whatever, and they're trying to figure out, you know, Bill wants to go to the party. Jane wants to, um, uh, like, do the uh, the project or whatever. And maybe, so maybe there's some question here that's like, how, like, as Bill, how can I allow the project to get done? Or how can I allow, uh, uh, you know, Jane's desire for the project to get done to be satisfied? How, how can I allow, uh, while also allowing myself to satisfy my own desire to go to go to such a party? Um, it's it, there's a there's a kind of yeah, it's it's funny because it puts you in a really funny role where you're like, wait, like I got to allow two impossible things to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, and I'm that's just great. thinking on yeah. that example, like I was just like, well, okay, say, say for instance, they're like, you know, late and they need to finish something, but then the party is, is about to start or something. I mean, I, I, and this is me being very simplistic, very simplistic, but it's like, okay, Jane, I know you want to, you know, do the project. I want to go to the party. Um, but we, we are in this, in, in a rock and a hard place. Well, how about we work on something right now for the next 30 minutes and get something done that we can be achieve, you know, achieve for tomorrow. And then we go to the party an hour late or whatever, Yeah, whatever, like you know, right. et cetera. So it's like something, I mean, it's not necessarily olive branches to each other, but it sort of is like, hey, I respect your thing. And in 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 return, I'm assuming you respect me. So then let's yeah. kind of work at where, where is the middle ground? Where Where is it? Yeah. And, and, and the important thing to note is that sometimes the middle ground is going to feel like a compromise. Both people are going to feel like, no, I wanted the whole thing though. Oh, um, sure. Okay. Good point. Other, yeah, yeah. other times it's not. And, and you can't know in advance whether it's going to feel like that. Yeah. One thing yeah. that does tend to make a difference is whether people feel understood. Like people dramatically discount the, the just like how much of a difference it makes for people to be able to take each other's perspectives in the situation. Oh, sure. Like the, to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the difference, like, you know, again, none of this can be said for certain outside of, you know, in the context of a hypothetical because it has all of its particulars. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we could imagine a situation where you've got, you've got Bill and Jane, and if Bill just proposes that at the outset, you know, it's like, hey, we know we, you know, like, let's just do half an hour thing and go to the party. Um, Jane, it's, it's, it could be likely that Jane is still sort of feeling like Bill doesn't fucking care about the thing. He just wants to go to the party and he's just offering me this so that I'll let him go to the party. You know, there's a kind of mm, mm, mm. right, right, right. Where, where, whereas if that same proposal is made after they have successfully achieved Jane seeing that Bill also cares about the project. Mm. Oh, okay. And, you know, and Bill, uh -huh. see, and Bill seeing that Jane also cares about the party, it feels like a different proposal at that point. It That's means a, good a point. different thing. And this is mm -hmm. this is part of what I'm pointing at by collective consciousness. Um, it's like if if you're just two people who have a different preference and you offer someone a compromise, well, you've just offered a compromise, and it's sort of they accept it or not. And maybe it feels like fine, I guess. Um, maybe it even feels like okay, but. It, that's very different from if you are not so much two people with a, a you know with different preferences but you're a a whole system that's holding on to different parts of a thing that you are both feeling you'd like to both feel really satisfyingly resolved about and the nature of the proposal then feels like a proposal here's a here's a way i'm hoping that we could feel satisfyingly resolved about this mm -hmm. as opposed to here's a way i'm hoping you'll you know let me you'll give me permission to do what i want like 
hopefully it's enough, but there's a kind of feeling of like, I'm only giving you as much as I think you'll need as opposed to as much as would like maximally feel good for both of us. Um, something like that. No, that's and, a great and, way to put it. Yeah. I mean, and that's a, a non-naive trust dance kind of encapsulates yeah. all of that. Yeah. So good, yeah, great exactly. job like, <laughs> with the name. And, and like naive would sort of be if, suppose that, you know, Bill said like, no, I totally care about the project. And Jane was like, I really feel like you haven't been though. Like I really, it's not just right now. Like there's something else. I really feel like you're not actually taking responsibility here. Like suppose that she's got some deeper sense and she can't actually trust him saying, I really care about the project. Um, what would be naive would be for her to kind of go, you know, yeah, I, I, I mean, Bill says he cares about the project and he's a nice guy. So I guess he does, but some part of her is like, I really don't think so. <laughs> um, like, you know, and she's sort of pushing that pushing down. Pushing that down, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and sort of that's where the naive comes from, which is, I don't, I, I may end up refactoring the things. I don't, naive is not really the best word to, to put to this. It's almost like non-suppressed trust. It's sort of like non, mm. it's like integrated trust, right? Integrated it's sort of what I'm pointing at. It's, it's, uh, or like relaxed trust. Like, I'm, right. I don't feel like I'm forcing the trust. Um, I'm just... I just, you know, in the same way I'm trusting this glass right now to hold my water, like I'm just trusting that in fact, you know, you care about this thing. Like, obviously, like I get that. And sometimes it needs to be pointed out, but once it's pointed out, you know, it's like, oh yeah, okay, of course, right, cool. Um, and so, um, yeah, and, and that's different from like, you could act as if you trust something, even if you kind of don't. And what you're actually trusting there is your ability to deal with the consequences if, in fact, it sort of doesn't hold your weight. Right. Um, like, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't trust this, but I trust that if it fails, I'll be fine. And so like, you can sort of make a bet on that. Um, so, so moving on from like, I guess, trust and all the rest of it, I think that was a great kind of encapsulation of everything. Um, yeah. let's, let's try to turn to like, kind of, uh, what you do, even though you are, as we, you we discussed, uh, you're a feral free agent, but then also you run a software company complice, mm -hmm. uh, whose app helps people stay in touch with their big picture goals on a day-to-day -day basis and act strategically and improvis improvisationally. So huge Love that. Uh, and then I think the real kicker for people to kind of understand this is, quote, instead of productivity, we focus on intentionality, choosing and doing over organizing aliveness instead of exhaustiveness, goals as fundamental rather than tasks, proactive rather than reactive. So like, I guess we don't have to hash out exactly because I'll, I'll put in the website and the show notes and, you know, people can, can do that. But um, what have you kind of learned the most from this venture? And then also like, uh, there's been iterations of this. So I'm assuming that's changed over time and, and through that. So like, what, what have you learned the most of, of starting this, doing this? And then I'm assuming a lot of people coming in with a lot of issues of this to-do list, that to-do list, productivity, this, pro and then now you've kind of switched it uh, into something that's much more integrated and like, as you said, intentional. The shift from, from productive to or like, you know, intentional or productivity to intentionality is you know, it's funny because like when I set out to build Complice, like it didn't feel particularly related to all of this culture stuff that I was doing this, like, you know, mm. meta protocol stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the term uh, trust dancing at the time, but, but I was already involved in trying to figure out this sort of culture puzzle. Um, and it, Accomplice did not seem related to that, but 
Um, it turns out that everything's related to everything. And it also turns out that complice in particular is actually very related to this because, you know, it's about the nature of motivation, which is, you know, we, we were just talking about like motivation to go to the party, motivation to do the work. How do you resolve that tension? And, you know, if in fact, just wanting something means that you're going to be doing it, like what is the role of a, of something like a to-do list app in the first place? Um, and, you know, one answer is something like, well, it, it keeps track of what, what you want in some ways. Um, and, and Complice is very different from um, uh, most other sort of to-do list apps in this sense, in which most of them are keeping track over days, weeks, months, years of all the little to-dos. Mm -hmm. Complice is mostly keeping track of the big picture goals, like where, where are you headed? Um, and so then on a given day, you're sort of improvisationally figuring out, well, how am I gonna resolve some tension between, you know, I want to work on this goal, I want to work on that goal. Like, yeah. you know, what am I going to do today in the context of whatever today holds? It's like, you know, oh, today I've got a, a podcast interview, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Um, today, I've got a, uh, you know, I want to work on this piece of writing, okay, I'm going to do that. And um, so, yeah, so over the years, I've gotten a sense of like, um, as I've deepened my own sense of like allowing, um, mm -hmm. like learning about perceptual control theory was actually, um, was cool for, for complice as well as for the, all of this culture stuff, because it, I mean, it talks about how the brain works, how motivation works, talks about internal conflict and, um, and it got me more, way more vividly clear on sort of what a goal even is. Mm. Um, th there's okay. a sense in which what a goal is, is very simple and is happening all the time at, at like this on this huge fractal array of different scales in yeah. your in your body mind you know again the example of you know drinking a glass of water it's like you notice you're a little bit thirsty cheers <laughs> and uh you notice you're a little bit thirsty and and a goal very simple kind of goal arises in your in your being that says resolve thirst yeah, yeah. Or, or you notice you want to pause right you could the, the drink the behavior could appear for multiple reasons yep um yep. But it's the same behavior. So this is sort of the fractal thing that, of intentionality. You notice you want to pause or you notice you want to make your mouth, um, you know, wet again rather than dry. And that intention flows down into your motor stuff. Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to think about it. Right, right, like, right. You, you, I'm, I'm, I'm like holding this glass up right now. And I'm not thinking about how many muscles I have to act, like all the muscles right. I have to actuate to hold it up. And after, sure. I'm using a slightly different amount of weight than I'm, than I'm using. Now, I'm now holding the glass up with a slightly different amount of weight. Um, and I can't even consciously tell the difference. And I don't have to because my, my muscles aren't thinking, oh, yeah, put in X newtons of force to this joint. And, you know, my, mus my muscles are simply solving in first person a differential equation that results in the glass not moving. Yeah, so yeah, all yeah. I'm doing is saying the glass is going to not move. I'm actually standing on a, a treadmill right now. I'm on a treadmill desk. And fascinatingly, if I turn on the treadmill, I can still keep the glass approximately motionless. I mean, it, it gets a bit more wobbly. Yeah, yeah for stuff, sure, for but sure. But I can just sort of, you know, I'm, I'm, my, my legs are now participating in keeping the glass exactly where it is, mm -hmm. right? Or like, you know, I can, you know, move around. Like, anyway, that's, a, that's sort of, um, that's sort of just me rambling about PCT, maybe a little longer than- But higher time. brain but, functions um, and ordering, you know, you right. get into so, the deeper so, layers, so the being, like, for sure. You know, your your the higher order of your brain is maintaining some sense of good partnerness. Like I want to be a good partner or yep. a good conversationalist, or yep. and and so and then you have whatever sense you have of what that means, and then you have whatever behaviors underneath play into that. Mm -hmm. um, 
But you might notice a, some conflict where some part of you is like, I want to be assertive. And another part of you is like, I want to be, uh, you know, um, gentle or like, I want to be kind or friendly or something. Yep. And maybe your concept of assertive sometimes conflicts with your concept of gentle. And so, you know, in one moment you're a bit, ah, and then you're like, oh, I got to be gentle. And you kind of go back <laughs> and forth or whatever. And being kind of like socially pulled around by your own sense of how you're supposed to behave. Um, and similarly with goals, right? Sorry, some, I mean, those are also goals. Similarly with sort of do stuff type goals. Like you can mm -hmm. find yourself being like, man, I haven't, I haven't taken a break in forever. I gotta go take a break. And you like, go take a break. And then you're like, man, I haven't worked in forever. And there can be a kind of like whiplash feeling going back and forth between these various yep. things. Yep. Oh, I gotta go get some shit done. I um, and so it's like seeing that goals are, are these, this really fundamental thing to, to beingness that like, you know, that, there's a sense in which the word goal is describing like literally I'm actually not sure what the order of magnitude is, but easily thousands, maybe millions of things that I am doing right now in order to utter this sentence, um, right, right. you know, at a high level, there's only a few of them down at the level of like individual muscle cells actuating and individual, uh, auditory receptor cells that are actuating to make sure that my, you know, what I'm saying sounds right. right. Um, although I guess, you know, you can, there's other feedback loops with your tongue. Like you can talk even if you're deaf, blah, 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 you know, but you know, somehow I'm, and, and like, and then I'm also maintaining a sense of you and whether you seem to be understanding me and following what I'm saying. Although I, I think I could be more present to that than I was before I thought about it. Um, you know, I was like, slight, I was actually like looking at myself in the self view in Zoom. I was actually not looking. I've at caught you. myself doing that because yeah. I've I've had to like go up a little. <laughs> it's like yeah. no, stop, stop doing the feedback to yourself. Like just just look at yeah. Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, who who am I talking to right yeah. now? It's like, um, and uh, anyway, so so but going back to complice, so it's like complice I see as a kind of um as a kind of like almost like a laboratory to explore your own relationship to intentionality. So it's like, Ooh. you know, you write down all these things that you, uh, that you care about, like your sense of, um, it, you know, okay, there's these things I want to move towards on, you know, over the next months or next years. Um, and then you kind of find out how do I actually relate to, to that process? Because, you know, obviously for stuff like this, it's very easy to just be unconflicted. Like, oh yeah, I want to take a, take a drink of water. Right success goal achieved <laughs> um and honestly i think i think a lot of people would actually benefit tremendously from experiencing their own intentionality a little bit more just like very directly it's like noticing hmm i want to listen to this song like put on the song i listened to the song i wanted to and i did i just achieved that like right. I, I, there's actually something real there i think that people including myself could benefit more from and just take a moment to celebrate that you have the capacity to do things um but, you know, at any rate, um, obviously, you know, once you get to like much bigger things, which are also, you know, worth pausing and celebrating, um, it, it, you start to run into a lot more conflicts or you can, you can find yourself forgetting that you even sort of had the goal in the first place. Like you sort of, you intend it, but then you sort of, you know, it just kind of gets uh, lost in the clutter of, of things or, or whatever, um, right. mentally or, or physically, right? You might like buy an object intending to do something with it. And you know, if that object stayed on your kitchen table until you did the thing, you would definitely eventually do it. But instead it goes on a shelf and then it goes in a cupboard and then it goes in a box and you sort of never did the thing. Um, so, so complex kind of, you know, keeps your long-term goals from getting put on a shelf and in a box and, you know, sort of ignored. Um, but there is still a, another part too, which is like kind of creating the space for you to figure out what's 
how you feel about these long-term goals. And so it's like, like I have a goal right now that involves growing Compass so that I'm making a lot more money so that I can not just have a, uh, not just be a feral free agent, but have a, a feral free family. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm clearly definitely motivated toward doing that. Like I can feel like, yes, I want that. You know, I, I kind of vaguely wanted more money even before I was started thinking about family, but I like definitely want it now. Um, and I like, I feel very clearly drawn towards that. But here's where the allowing myself comes in, because mm. I think there's parts of me that um, that don't want that. I, I or, well, they, they don't want something, and they're kind of they're putting the brakes on growing complex. It's like, okay, well, what what are you guys actually putting the brakes on? Because I, I don't think that these parts are in conflict with my vision of how it would feel to have a really abundant family life. Like that, they they want that. So it's like, do they want to not do that through complex? Do they want to? Do they think that? They just don't want to work for it. They they want someone to just give me ten million dollars, and then I would have abundance that way instead. Right. Like, what, what what do they actually want? And like, can I bring that in dialogue with reality? And so I, I found two main things. Like, one is like, you know, there's parts of me that are a little worried about, like, oh, what if I had a lot of money and then people wanted me to give them money or so, like, you know, wanted I don't know. Like, this is a sort of a thing. Wealth does weird things. Yeah. Um, and then another is something more like, you know, if I actually like grow complex to the point where it's um, making a bunch more money, then maybe it would also be more work. And I just like, don't want to have the more work that would be involved yep. in that. Yep. Um, and, um, and so it's like, okay, those are two very real things. And, you know, I, in terms of the first one, I, I have some, I had some other weird hangups around money too, that related to, you know, various things that happened throughout my life of like how money worked in my life, like sort of beliefs that I had. So I've been kind of working on untangling those using coherence coaching and some other techniques. Um, but uh, but to some extent, like you can almost, and this is part of part of the point that the visa sort of makes with his introspect book. It's like you don't per se need therapy, but you do need to like really look at stuff, um, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you don't need uh, you know you don't need any particular technique, but you do need to look at stuff. And that's kind of what the complex reviews facilitate. Like particularly, I just recently did my quarterly review, and um, it asks these questions that I love. I love the quarterly review questions. Um, and and I just I just came up with them spontaneously in the moment of inventing the quarterly review, but okay. like I which is which was actually a relatively new addition to Compass. Like it had a weekly and monthly and yearly review for a while, but it was missing quarterly. And oh, okay, yeah, you know, sure. Quarterly is sure. really important, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so the three questions are, well, they have sub questions, but question one is, what were your biggest wins, and how can you repeat those or build on them? Okay. Um, and there's a similar question in the weekly review, but you know, it's worth asking on a monthly scale too. Um, uh, and then, yeah, actually I might change that first one. I'm not sure what to though, but anyway, then the second one is consider what you've been doing. Is it moving the needle in the ways you intended? Mm -hmm. Any side effects wanted or unwanted? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that's sort of drawing your attention. Okay, you've been doing some stuff, presumably. Is it working though? Right. Yep. Um, because that's the kind of thing you need to be asking something like quarterly, because it's like, you know, on, on a daily basis, you might just be like executing your marketing plan or whatever. Like, yep. but if the marketing plan is supposed to get more people by now and it hasn't, Hmm. Um, uh, you know, so that's important. Um, and then what have you been ignoring? Why are you ignoring it? See if you can find a good reason, then factor that into your plans. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like, so like that the, one. These questions are really informed by the kind of um, coherence-oriented uh, approach from the Coherence Psychology Institute, or, or you know, conversely, the PCT type stuff. But it's like, right. it's 
I actually, on reflection, no, the, the first question is good because it's like, we're basically asking like three questions. What have you been doing? What haven't you been doing? And also what worked? So we're sort of yeah. coming at it from three angles. And it might be that some of what you were doing also worked, but like it's it sort of, it, there might also be that there was a big win that wasn't from the things you were doing. It was more just like a crazy opportunity that happened. And like, that's worth acknowledging and kind of wondering if you can get another one. Um, right, right, right. No, that's, uh, that's uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. But then separately, even if you haven't had a big win or anything like that, it's uh, it's worth looking at what you did do and going, well, why, what did that achieve? Um, and also, is is the stuff I'm doing having some side effect that's going to be building up some conflict that's going to make me want to stop doing it? Right? It's like, right. okay, I've been I've been doing this. Like, so maybe it's like, um, okay, I'm going to improve Complice's growth rate by having calls with new users. This is a thing I did back in 2015, and um, uh, and so I might find myself saying, okay, what? I've, yeah, definitely people are converting at a higher rate than they were before now that I'm having these calls. But also, my week is full of calls. Right, right. And like, I actually yep. don't like that. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's like, okay, well, how do I, what do I do with that? Um, yeah. Cause like, if I keep going with that, you know, it's sort of, I might burn out on it. I might get resentful or grumpy or whatever. And this is the nature of the compromise thing, right? It's like, you know, something is compromised in how I'm approaching this and I need to find a way that is in like full alignment. That's great. Well, I mean, I definitely want to try and uh, do do the, uh, I think it's the three day workshop that you guys had. I missed it this past year, but, uh, but definitely want to want to try it and, and yeah. very interested. I'll link Complice and uh, in the show notes and hopefully, you know, people will try out. Maybe you get an uptick from the, you know, collective spacewalk <laughs> yeah. community, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. But, I, I can give you a, spe a special link that'll give people an extra week of trial and will let us track. That let's do that. Time. Let's do um, that. E easy to do. So um, um, the, uh, I was just going to say the, just by the way, the, the workshop is, uh, yep. is a five hour workshop, not a three day workshop. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was, yeah. it was, it was more lengthy, but yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I guess I, now I want, so we, we have, you know, five, 10 minutes and I, and these kind of the last questions, um, I asked, uh, one of our mutuals, uh, Nico, and he's on Twitter at Sisyphus. Um, uh, and he, it's, you know, for some weirder questions. So I kind of want to go through a, uh, little bit of a, uh, not rapid fire, but I just want to kind of get it yeah, on, on so, your mind. So quick, quick, weird, angles. quick ones. Right, okay. So like, and then you can, you know, wax or whatever. So, uh, have you had your, I made it moment yet? Hmm. So I had one, I made it moment in 2015, I think in the fall when I'd gotten the complex growth to the point where the number on my, like how much revenue I'm making had hit the threshold that I was targeting for not having to get a job. Okay. Um, that's always, a, that's a big, no, that's a great number. Yeah, that's a yeah. solid it was number. The very, it was a very <laughs> low threshold. Like I, you know, um, that's hilarious. It, it was, it's literally like, I, I, I think Scott H young coined the term poverty threshold. It's like, okay. Okay. The, the sure. level at which you can like, you know, like you know, ramen profitable is kind of pointing at the same thing. It's like, you know, I was not paying a lot in rent at the time. Uh, I was eating very cheaply. You know, I, I now eat almonds and cashews rather than Whoa. peanuts. So I feel, I feel very Whoa. rich. Um, <laughs> uh, but like at the time it's like peanut butter was like a major staple of my diet, you know, okay. and that thing is one of the, you know, you, you can buy three days worth of cal calories of peanut butter for like five bucks when it's on sale. Right, um, right, right. I get you. Like, you know, you don't want to be eating only peanut butter. Anyway, so you get the idea. So, but yeah. point is I had, I had a, I had a sense of like, I made it in that moment. Um, and then I'll just, I'll just mention another moment, which is, is kind of 
it's sort of the opposite if I made it a little bit. It, okay. It's sort of both. Um, you know, there's this song, the bear went over the mountain, the bear went over the mountain to see what he could see or whatever. And like when he got went over the mountain, what he saw was another mountain. Um, oh. <laughs> sort of like a, a, a little bit like that. But like in, in summer 2020, when I had the, the insight that I've been calling the non-naive trust dance. Oh, um, yeah, sure. I had this immediate sense of like simultaneously this is like, wow, I figured it out. And also, holy shit, I have so much work to do to convey this to the world. Like there was this yeah. sense of like my life's work for the next decade, at least, is just going to be explaining this thing. Oh, that's um, cool. And, you know, in some sense, I'm going to be working on it for the rest of my life, not just for the next decade. But I think within within the next decade, I probably will be framing it differently. Like, I, mm -hmm. you know, and I won't I won't feel like I'm still explaining the insight I had in 2020. Uh, I'll feel like I'm working on some new part of the puzzle or something. So it's like evolved that. So, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But it has, okay. you know, it's, it's been, but like that was an accurate perception on my part, like completely accurate. Like it's been two years. I still feel like very plugged into the font of creativity and, and clarity that I had two years ago. I still feel like I have a million more words to write about it. Right hundreds of more videos to make about it like it's just it's clear there's just there's a ton of stuff to say here and okay so that was the moment of like oh i've made it i have a life's work now but like i have a life's work now yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you have some work to do now <laughs> yeah 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 but it, it doesn't feel burdensome it feels like what i want to do it's it's very obvious like it's it's like drinking the glass pretty much it's like of course of course i'm gonna do it like right so okay so then going off of that and then i mean you don't have to i guess I mean, if you want to, and it really resonates, then you can kind of talk about the kind of work or whatever. But um, so what, what like keeps you up at night and prevents you from sleeping? Is it, I mean, is it, is it any I'm just work doing stuff? stuff. Okay. I, I, I don't, I, I usually don't have trouble falling asleep when I'm laying in bed anymore. Um, I used to, but it was less like rumination. It was more just like, I was trying to go to bed too early. Like I might be one of those people whose natural day cycle oh, like is like little, yeah, 24 yeah. and a half hours or something. Like sure. if I, I, I found that if I was fully rested, I would just lay in bed being like, okay, here we go. <laughs> but, but honestly, so, some of that actually has improved since I did a bit of ideal parent figure protocol, um, which basically involves sort of healing early attachment stuff. Uh, like imagine being sort of held by uh, some parent parental figure who is mm -hmm. just sort of per perfect in every way. Um, it's not a, about a commentary on what your actual parents were like. It was just like by imagining giving that to yourself, you kind of like heal certain feelings of aloneness or whatever. And so I did just a little bit of that at the start of 2021, but then I started doing some other stuff with it. Like I would just, I would lay in bed to fall asleep and I would just kind of bathe in love was the oh, way I cool. describe it. Okay. Like I would just lay there and just like go, oh, and it, like, I, I'm not sure what I was doing. I don't know if these instructions are useful to anybody. <laughs> um, it's a thing I managed to find. Um, That's and cool. I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't think it's in some sense, it doesn't need more instructions. It's just right, like, right. imagine what you need to imagine in order for it to feel like you have just like laid down into a bath that's completely full of love. That's oh, kind of like, that's funny. Um, That'd be very say. useful. I mean, especially like if you're having some, some bad days, et cetera. Um, no, that that's, that's kind of yeah, useful. Yeah. So, and you, and you might call on people, you know, love you, whether that's your, your partner or your friends oh, or sure. your dog or your parents or your grandparents, you just kind of like imagine their love, mm -hmm. like surrounding you or something like that. Um, but, or, or it could be like imagining, you know, the partner that you'd like to have, you right. know, like Im imagining them, like, Imagining them saying, oh, I see how you were so lonely back in this moment you're in right now. 
like, and I'm so glad that you're here with me now and I can hold you, you know, like that, could, that you could be imagining that, right. And like sure. give, giving that feeling to yourself. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't, I don't get kept up at night anymore, except by being really excited to do whatever I'm doing. Well, uh, okay. So that's the next question. <laughs> so like what transforms you kind of like into like either the, the hero in you know, Joseph Campbell's the hero's journey, or as Nico put it, uh, the Hulk, you know, what makes you nice. just I was change just, into I was the Hulk? thinking like beast mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's another great way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So there's this tension between like someone being wrong on the internet versus like having someone who I expect to actually understand what it is that I'm saying. And like, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are motivated in their writing by trying to write it or trying to explain to people why they're confused. And I've done a bit of that. But recently, the thing that's actually been really driving me is like, I attempt to write something up to explain it to like, one person who I'm really close with, uh, who, oh, I, feel okay. like, who okay. I feel mostly gets me already. And I'm right. like, like, let me just lay out all of the little minutia of all of the stuff. Check it out. Right. Look, look at all this stuff, right? Um, you get me, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's like, I'm writing from this place where I feel like I expect to be understood. But but it's sort of like, you know, it, it's like the way that you you'd perform differently for an audience of people who you knew came to see you. Sure. Versus an audience who were there to see, uh, a, you know, a completely different genre of music. Like, if you stepped up for the second audience, you'd be like, okay, uh... <laughs> <laughs> or, you know whatever it is you know yeah, yeah. they're expecting this and you're like -na -na -na, and you're like oh this is awkward <laughs> um right this is something there um easier to kind of get in the pocket and then um and then the second half of the answer to your question yeah. is music um okay i listen yeah, to sure. a lot of electro funk um or drum and bass or you know just yeah. like really high energy like pumping okay music, just like yeah um sets the environment that's, around that's you jam yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, next one is, uh, so what are you not very good at? Uh, so my cash answer to this is I'm not very good at writing summaries. Okay, like, you want minutia like, in there. <laughs> well, no, summaries of other people. Well, that, so, oh, yeah, so that's actually that's a very good point. That's a very good point. That, that, that'll lead me to a slightly less cashed answer. So the cashed version of the answer is like, I read a book and I'm excited about it. I want everybody to read it. Now, some people in that situation would write a book summary. I have a lot of trouble with that. I'm just uh -huh. like, oh, it's, it's good. I don't want to give you a version that's less good. Mm, I want, I want you okay. to, I just want you to check the thing out, like, and, and, and like it for its own sake, but like, I don't want to be the reason that you think that it's dumb. Yeah. Right. Like, so, and right. that's part of what gets in the way of me, like trying to write a summary is, and you know, and that's sort of, you know, that's an emotional block. I could probably work on it, but for now I've actually just surrendered to it. I'm like, yep, I don't write summaries. I've now gotten dozens of people to read McGillicrist and perceptual control theory by just talking excitedly about them and talking about how they connect with other theories. Um, and not like not actually mostly summarizing them at all. Um, and nice. so that's, that's, that's my new strategy. Um, uh, but, but as you note, I am, I'm also, um, at times, certainly most of the time, not very good at even summarizing my own work. Like it's, it's, it's hard for me to decide what to not say. Yeah. Uh, I like, I get that. And, <laughs> and so, you know, Fortunately, in some ways, what I'm doing is in part writing for a very niche audience who are themselves very fascinated in these subjects of like collective consciousness and the meta protocol and how to emerge a collaborative culture and all of that. And so, you know, I can write 20,000 words about it and they're excited about it. They, they read my Google Docs, they leave comments and stuff like that. 
Um, and, uh, and so that's, yeah, that's fun. I like it. I like doing it. And part, the other thing is part of why I write, and I guess this, uh, maybe this is true of summarizing too. I hadn't thought about this, huh? Part of why I write is to clarify my own thinking. And that definitely, oh, sure. that definitely that... does benefit in part from the absurd verbosity of it. Like, I'm just like, no, I want to explain every last fucking detail of this thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I wrote a doc called how we get there, um, about a year ago or uh, well, it took me like five months to write it or something. It's like 20,000 words long. Um, a third of which is appendices. Um, oh, but that was nice. just sort of the, the appendices is like stuff. I also wanted to say that's relevant that I managed to not fit in the flow of the main thing. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but, but the, you know, like that's laying out in sort of painstaking detail, like the model that sort of sprung to mind, it, it actually was part of what sprung to mind in the moment I, I sort of grokked the non-knife trust dance in summer 2020. I was like, I also had this sense of, oh, and here are the implications of that for how we get there, like where there mm -hmm, is like this mm -hmm. collaborative culture place, like, um, or where put it, put another way, there is like a culture, uh, you know, a, a you know, group of people and experience of being in a culture with people where like everything is talk aboutable and everything, you know, people are feel so like fully trusting around each other, but not in a naive way. Like they're just actually like, they trust that they can talk about everything because they can, <laughs> um, and they can show other people how to also do that. Um, right. as you know, so how, how do we get there? And, um, and so yeah, it's like, it was really clarifying to just write that out and not try to edit it down. Um, it's like, I would take out a paragraph if it seemed confused, but I would just let myself go into as much detail as I felt like about anything. And so it was like, that helped me be, be like, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about here. What do I mean when I say this type of group and that type of group? Like what, that doesn't even make any sense. But I was just like, well, let me just write out what I think about it. And so, um, yeah, that's been really cool. And just a couple of days ago, I, I wrote another doc that felt like it kind of, it was sort of the next pass on that doc, it was sort of like, it was sort of realizing, oh, here's what I meant when I said this type of group and that type of group, I actually meant this much more precise thing. Um, and that just emerged in like basically writing a long, a long letter that started as a message to a friend. Okay. Well, That's so what, what would you consider yourself more of as an architect or like a gardener? Because a lot of that has been going around in the systems thinking and like organization, oh. stuff like that. Like, because it sounds like with appendices and summarization and like distilling things down like I, I don't know what you would you would con consider yourself really you know like mm. architect architecting exactly kind of what it is etc or like gardening and it might be a little messy and, and it feels I think if, if I had to pick between the two of those I'd say more gardener like okay. it, it is very messy I'm I don't know where I'm going I don't have a plan for what I'm going to write about when like I have a long list of top like sort of you know topics of you know the nntd that i i want to write about um i can just even read out randomly a few a few of them and you know if people want they can comment below and say please make a video about this one <laughs> yeah um, so it's like you know instead of saying x is y say i can't tell the difference between x and y uh okay in general people don't not care they care about many things and don't know how to care for all of them together oh yeah uh, for sure then there's we were talking about that a little bit earlier yeah, with yeah. the bill jane thing um, there's another one that just says everything makes sense. Uh, okay. blind, blind spot feedback is hard. Uh, protectiveness is damage control. Uh, the obstacle is the way, which is a stoic. Oh quote. yeah. Um, I like, mm -hmm. the, I have a bunch of stuff to say about that. 
um, uh, talk about ability is only enough when it's satisfying to everyone. Uh, everyone um, will constantly point out the ways in which your understanding is incomplete, and they will generally do so in the apparently least helpful way. <laughs> I love that um, one. Okay, yeah. that might be my winner for you to to do. <laughs> Other than the obstacle is the way. That that's a good one because I've seen that yeah. like Ryan Holiday and all the rest of the stoic kind of resurgence yeah. in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so then last question then, uh, and I kind of preface this, uh, to all my guests or ask this is, um, you know, imagine yourself at the international space station or on the moon or Mars or whatever, and you see kind of the, the earth in its, you know, pure, I wouldn't say purest, but most, most self, you know, it's, it's spherical mm. form and the blackness of space and it's, you know, it's thin atmosphere. And, uh, it's been kind of named, uh, or coined the term, the overview effect, you know, when astronauts go up into space, they have this, uh, completely change of consciousness. So what, what would you do say, is there anything that you would kind of, uh, want to, to pass on any knowledge about, or, or is it really just kind of, you know, sitting there and taking it in? I mean, what, what comes to mind when you kind of think about uh, going through this overview effect kind of thought experiment? Hmm. Yeah. So I'm imagining being up there, I'm looking down. Seeing, seeing the earth, hmm. Seeing, feeling the sense of like home. Hmm. Okay. Um. Whose home? Your home? Yeah. Yeah. Well, our home. Our home. I like that. For, okay. For our, our our home for the largest, <laughs> the largest we that there could possibly be. <laughs> you know. Um. And. Like, you know, humanity, I think that's, that is part of the thing with the overview effect is like humanity doesn't experience itself generally as very united. Um, mm -hmm. Like, uh, and if we could, that would, that would make a difference. And that's, I mean, that's what I'm working on in part is like, how, how can we see ourselves as, uh, as part of a, a larger whole that we all care about? And how can we, how can we, how can we create better instantiations of that larger whole that um that will care for us better because there's kind of an mm. interplay between that you know it's sure like all of the cells in your body are sort of participating in making you work and then you're sort of the one that feeds them in a sense right um and yep. but but also like you know while there is a fractal similarity there you know we are very different than than cells you know like you know, yeah. cells have homeostasis, but it's sort of, in some sense, it's not there. Like, you know, right now I can like scrape off some skin cells from my, uh, from my skin and like they die, but maybe some of them are already dead. Even You know, sort of, they, they sort of, th their life cycle is very different and sits on a different level. And, you know, a human life cycle also sits on a very different level from humanity, but there's a way in which I think, I don't know, this is one of the discussions I've been having with, with my friend, Michael, it's like, you know, is, is there a sense in which we should be really seeing ourselves as also precious, like orienting mm -hmm. to them as precious, you know, which is not to say that we don't, you know, go rock climbing and scrape off a bunch of them, but like feeling like, oh, that's life. That's part of me that's dying. Oh, you know, not that I shouldn't have done it, but like, 
but more interconnectedness honoring it yeah and yes. and sort of feeling that all the way down so we can sort of also experience all the way up because we want the larger holes that we're part of to to honor us and experience our our preciousness that we experience in first person um uh, well said so yeah yeah um i mean i like that you actually like went through the whole process. I think you're the first person to actually kind of like close your eyes and think about it, but that's that, imagine. Yeah. 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 But the, I, I mean, I think that's the most popular activity in the free time of the, the international space station is like astronauts going to the cupola and like just sitting and watching. Like, I think they call it like earth viewing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I imagine the other thing that I would end up doing uh, when, when I thought of this, I was then thinking of um, Chris Hadfield, but um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I think the other thing I'd end up doing is I would probably write a song or two. Mm. And uh, he's actually, he recorded a song with the Bare Naked Ladies uh, that, that he and they oh. wrote, I guess. Okay. Uh, and like, he's, he's playing it in space. Like, uh, Oh, that's sick. So okay. That's pretty I'll have cool. to, I'll have to maybe uh, link that or something in a card. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, so, I mean, that's really all the time we have, but I just wanted to give you kind of the floor, any, you know, future projects or any last kind of remarks that you want to kind of plug or say anything before, before we get out of here. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess the two, the two things to plug is like one check out Complice. uh, you know, um, people learn a lot from it, even if they don't end up actually using it ongoingly, like just the, the process of sure getting onboarded and trying it out. Like people learn a lot from that. Uh, and then the second thing to to plug is I'll just say at a high level that with the the work that I'm doing on culture and trust and all of that, I am uh, I'm looking for a bit of uh, nonprofit shaped funding. Um, and so if uh, if you uh, uh, Nicholas or if you the listener um, know people who um, might want to turn some of their money into more awesome stuff happening on that front, um, then uh, yeah, get in touch. And you can right. reach reach me on Twitter is probably the best way. Like um, Twitter DMs, my my DMs are open, as they say. Okay, well, I'll definitely uh, put your website, Twitter, and then Complice uh, website as well in the show notes. But um, hey, uh, thanks so much for an awesome conversation. And and again, like this has been great. And to many more, I hope that uh, we do, we do this again. So thank you for coming on conversations, yeah. Malcolm. Awesome. Appreciate it.